Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steer my soul test again this morning, Lord. Father, thank you for the privilege to come into your presence again. Thank you for the honor to magnify and to give you glory, to give you all the praise, because you are the Almighty. You are I am, O God. Father, none can be compared to you. Nothing, no one in all of creation can stand beside you because you are the creator of all things. Yes, Lord, scripture says that you created them for your pleasure. Be magnified, O God, forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the love that you have poured upon us. Scripture asks, what is man that you are mindful of us? What is man that you love us so much You gave us your only begotten son, Jesus. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love that is poured out on us afresh this morning. Thank you for your grace and mercy showered on us afresh this morning. Lord, we do not take it for granted. We give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time This morning, reading your word again, we ask, Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding. Lord, help us learn from our Bibles and cause your name to be glorified again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion. I am Morphe Eyenike. We continue our reading of our Bibles. Yesterday, we stopped on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So we take our final chapter in the book of 1 Corinthians, take a brief introduction of 2 Corinthians, and then we read 2 Corinthians. Okay? So I think that that will make sense. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless your test for his word. And God grant you wisdom and understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 says, The collection for Jerusalem. Now regarding your question, your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. And I think uh, this is more where our weekly offering seemed to have stemmed from. Okay, So, because um, initially when the act of the apostles started, the people just gave freely. Okay, There was almost no order to it. But because of the necessity of this time, then they started this weekly weekly um, contribution. It says the first day of the week, so which would have then been our own Sunday. Okay, um, Sunday was not Sabbath day for the Jews. 
he says um yes let's continue don't wait until i get there and then try to collect it all at once when i come i will write letters of recommendation for the messengers you choose to deliver your gifts to jerusalem and if it seems appropriate for me to go along they can travel with me next we read about paul's final instruction i am coming to visit you note that those words i am coming to visit you after i have been to macedonia for i am planning to travel through macedonia perhaps i will stay a while with you possibly all winter and then you can send me on my way to my next destination at this time i don't want to make to come and stay he said this time i don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on i want to come and stay a while if the lord will let me in the meantime i will be staying here at ephesus until the festival of pentecost there is a wide open door for a great work here although many many oppose it then when timothy comes don't intimidate him he is doing the the lord's work he is doing the lord's work just as i am Timothy was one of those who pastored the church in Ephesus. He is doing the Lord's work just as I am. Don't let anyone treat him with contempt. Send him on his way. Timothy was a very young a very young minister. Send him on his way with your blessing when he returns to me. I expect him to come with the other believers. Now about our but about our brother apollos the one they were comparing to paul and co- using to cause arguments i urge him to visit you with or i urged him to visit you with the other believers but he was not willing to go right now he will see you later when he has the opportunity 13 be on guard stand firm in the faith be courageous be strong and do everything with love. You know that Stephanas and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece and they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them. They were the first to so submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion. I am glad that Stephanas, Fortunatus, and Achaeacus have come here. They have been providing the help you you weren't here to give me. They have been a wonderful encouragement to me. And they have been uh, and they have been a wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. Listen to that. You must always show your appreciation. No one pays them. Some of them do it at the risk of their life. Some of them do it with, with, with great pain. Paul says you must show them appreciation. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. Now, first, Paul's final greetings. The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the Lord as do Aquila and Priscilla, the first person he mentions, is a woman, as Aquila and Priscilla 
and all the others who gather in their homes for church meetings in their home for church meetings okay so don't tell me that only priest um only uh sorry priscilla is the is the, is the female one don't tell me only aquila would have been the one doing all the speaking no they were both the pastors of that church in their home their home for church meetings all the brothers and sisters here send greetings to you greet each other with a sacred kiss here is my greeting in my own handwriting paul so we are certain that that part of the book was written by paul if anyone does not love the lord that person is cursed our lord come may the grace of the lord jesus be with you my love to all of you in christ jesus hallelujah all right so that concludes the book of first corinthians now the book of second corinthians remember paul said he was going to soon going to be on his way and paul yes did so almost abruptly get to corinthians and you know you have this saying when you hype a visit you hype a visit so much and then the visit eventually comes and it's it's almost an embarrassment that was what happened to paul so the book of second corinthians the context in which it is written by the part by the time paul gets to the corinthian church it was a fiasco it was a massive it was a massive fiasco in fact paul had some of the ashes word you will ever find paul right he had it for for them Be- remember that i said he had written several times to correct some who were acting acting like unbelievers in the church okay so he gets there and it was a major fight by the time paul leaves of course he didn't like how 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 he left he felt he felt it would it would lead to some of them backsliding and as a result paul sends titus sends titus to them and this letter is then written in response when titus returns you know with the message of what he finds with the corinthian church which we now call second corinthians yes there was godly sorrow Okay, uh, Paul's living did not necessarily cause them to backslide. They, it helped them understand the magnitude, okay, at the things that they were doing that he was trying to correct them about. All right, so 2 Corinthians, let's read. Greetings from, from Paul. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy. I am writing to God's people in Corinth and to all of his holy people throughout Greece. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Like I said, that is the Pauline signature. Okay, if you don't find it in any book, you have to question that book, either at the beginning or at the end. May, the, may God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Next, Paul speaks about God's comfort. God offers comfort to, comfort to all. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. God is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. God comforts us in all of our troubles. Many times we don't know what we are asking for when we pray. When you ask God to, to, to comfort you, Lord comforts you, comfort me, then it means that you are asking for trouble. Yes, that's the only way God will comfort you because you have trouble. If you ask God to give you, to give you strength, to make you strong, what will God give you? You think God will give you send you strength from heaven that will be making you feel feel all spooky and then you will just wake up strong it doesn't work that way god will send situations your way that will shake you situations your way that will shake you that will help you build muscles build your faith okay build your 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 patience and long suffering for example that is what god sends and so when many people are praying I just often wonder whether you understand what you are asking God for. So Paul says here that God comforts us in all our troubles because that's, I'm sure that was what they asked God for. So he does that, but trouble there was trouble so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Okay? So, but you want comfort, you don't want trouble, you don't want suffering. So why should God comfort you? (laughs) Verse 5, for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Verse 6, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly for when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same thing we suffer. Now, that verse is, is so powerful. Now, what I have learned is that whenever God gives someone a calling or a ministry, uh, in a sense, God sets them up. God sets them up. I have a passion for children. I have a passion for healing. I have a passion for evangelizing. Okay? The passion does not just just jump on you. The passion is good, but you need grace. You need you need scars. Scars that give you the authority to be able to speak. So Paul says that look, God comforts us. So when we are comforting you ourselves, we know what we are saying. Why? Because God has comforted us before. We have been in a situation where we had to be comforted. So now that we are trying to comfort you and we are telling you, don't worry, don't worry, hold on, brother. God is going to come through for you. We know what we are saying. Okay? So whatever it is, so that is in terms of comfort, it works with every other, every other calling or ministry. It is then you can patiently endure the same thing we suffer. Seven, we are confident that as you share in our suffering, you will also share 
in the comfort God gives us. 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live, live through it. In fact, you see this verse 8 was the escape route for Paul. Okay? This thing came up in Asia, the province of Asia, and Paul dived into it, left, left them because of all the fiasco that happened on his visit. He said in verse 9, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Okay, so do you think that the relying on God just jump on Paul? No. It was because of what happened to them. Paul said, because we expected to die. Eh? We came to that point eh, where we just stopped relying on ourselves. Okay, let the will of God be done. Hmm? He says, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Then, and he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. 11. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. Now, let's read about Paul's change, change, change in, of plans. We can say with confidence and with a clear conscience, that we have lived with a God-given with with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. That is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially towards you. Our letters have been straightforward, and there is nothing written between the lines, and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us. <laughs> you will fully understand us because you so, don't worry. You will read about the massive, the massive fiasco that happened. And even verse fourteen, even if you don't understand us now, then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust. I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice. First on my way to Macedonia and again when I returned from Macedonia. Then you could send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I am like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Ah, I would love to read verse 20 again. It says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, or you could say a resounding amen. And through Christ, our, 
our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. 21. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. Eh? <laughs> because that first one, eh? it, was br- it was brutal. A severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. It is by your own faith that you stand firm. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go. So I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit. That first one was painful and it brought many grief because Paul did not mean his word. Since for if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I have grieved. That is why I wrote to you as I did so that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that you all know that my joy comes from your from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish, with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have I have for you. Next, the forgiveness for the sinner. Remember that in that first letter, First Corinthians, he told them that they should cast the person, they should hand the person over to Satan. He says, I am, not, I am not overstating it, verse 5, when I say that the man who caused all the, all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurts me. Most of you oppose him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. Paul says it is time to forgive and comfort him. You know what we do in the church today? Uh, most likely it's only a matter of time the person dies of depression because we will totally finish the person on social media possibly <laughs> it is time to forgive and comfort him otherwise he may be overcome by discouragement so I urge you now to affirm your love for him I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instruction When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. For your benefit. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. 12. When When I came to the city of Troas to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened the door of opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother Titus, hadn't yet arrived with a report from you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. Okay, so Titus was the one who went and then took the letter, most likely 1 Corinthians, the 1 Corinthians letter, and then everything that happened, eventually Titus will come with with the message from, from from the Corinthian church. 
now let's look at the ministers that we the fact that we are ministers of the new covenant from verse 14 but thank god he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in christ's triumphant procession now he urges us to spread the knowledge of christ everywhere like a sweet perfume our lives are are a christ-like fragrance rising up to god but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing to those who are perishing we are a dreadful smell of death and doom but to those who are being saved we are a life-giving perfume and who is adequate for such a task as this who is adequate for such a task as this he says you see we are not like the many oscar oxstars who preach for personal profits we preach the word of god with sincerity and with christ's authority knowing that god is watching us we know that god is watching us so we preach with sincerity i'm telling you we preach with sincerity all right so let's read and conclude with second corinthians chapter 3 it says as we begin to praise our, are we beginning to praise ourselves again are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf surely not the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves your letter your lives are a letter written in our hearts everyone can read it and recognize our good works among you clearly you are a letter from christ showing the results of our ministry among you eh? he said the people themselves were a letter from christ showing the results of our ministry among you this letter is written not with pen and ink but with the spirit of the living god it is carved not on tablets of stone but on human arts we are confident of all this because of our, our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written law, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Hallelujah. Next, let's read the glory of the new covenant. The old one with laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Eight, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, verse 9, which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? The old way brought death. This one makes us right with God. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. 11. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new 
which remains forever. 12. Since this new way continue since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's mind were hardened and to this day whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. This veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. You see, when Moses was covering his face, Moses didn't realize that something was happening spiritually. Spiritually, the people themselves were being veiled from understanding God. So you read the Bible, the Bible says that God showed his act unto the children of Israel, but showed his ways, his himself, how he did things. He showed it to Moses. So when Moses was covering his face, it was something was happening to the people spiritually. They couldn't understand God. But when that veil is taken away, okay, we are able to press in and know God for ourselves. So 14 says, but the people's minds were adding to this day whenever the old covenant is being read. The same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when, the, when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with the veil they, and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The Lord who takes away the veil is the Holy Spirit. 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Makes us more and more like Him who make us, makes us more and more and like Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's read. I think we can take First Second Corinthians chapter four. Treasures in fragile clay jars. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the, distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest and all who are honest know this. S3. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. If it is hidden, it is hidden from people only who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. Our preaching is that Jesus Christ is Lord. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts 
but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Our great power is from God, not ourselves. Eight, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life, the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted, resulted in eternal life for you. 13. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus, Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. Ah, Paul called everything that he was going through small. He said our present troubles are small. They are small to be compared with the weight of glory that is coming. He says for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. I pray that the things that we will achieve in this world, they will last forever. Father, we pray this morning, help us to fix our gaze on those things. The things that will last until we are standing in your presence in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word again this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.